No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where the Ammonites make war against Israel. The elders of Gilead send for Jetha, an outcast, to deliver them. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. God often chooses unlikely people. Today, we examine the life of an individual who was an improbable candidate to judge Israel. But in God's sovereignty, he was one of only three judges to be inducted into the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. The story of Jephthah should keep us from immediately writing off anyone from service to God. It should also encourage us each to know that God can use us despite our background, weaknesses, or liabilities. We pick it up in Judges chapter 11. Now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot, and Gilead begot Jephthah. Gilead's wife bore sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. I love how we are introduced to this man. He is called a mighty man of valor, which is the same description the angel of the Lord gave to Gideon, a farmer, as he threshed wheat in the winepress. But in the case of Jephthah, he was a proven warrior. However, Jephthah had a great liability. He was the son of a harlot. His father Gilead had gone to a prostitute who became pregnant, and Gilead raised the boy on his own. To be labeled illegitimate was a great stigma in that culture. When Gilead's legitimate sons grew up, probably after their father died, they told Jephthah that he had no part of the inheritance. So they drove him away from the family. Therefore, Jephthah was a fugitive who fled to the land of Tob. Now, in the spirit of the Wild West, Jephthah became a kind of Jesse James leading a gang of worthless men. The Hebrew word means empty. These men were idle until Jephthah gave them a purpose and led them in raiding the country. Meanwhile, the Ammonites had gathered at Gilead to go to war against Israel. It came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. Then they said to Jephthah, Come and be our commander, that we may fight against the people of Ammon. The people of Gilead had gotten rid of their idols and were now serving the Lord, but they had nobody qualified to lead them into battle. So the elders of Gilead put their heads together and decided that there was no one better qualified than Jephthah. They knew that this would not be an easy sell, 
For it wasn't only Jephthah's brothers who drove him out from the city, but also the city elders. However, these were desperate times calling for desperate measures. They would swallow their pride and reach out to Jephthah to be their army commander. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? Jephthah was a shrewd negotiator. He saw this as an opportunity for advancement. However, before he would respond to their request, he brought up the old wound. Since they had treated him as a worthless castaway, why were they calling for him now? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned again to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. There was much boardroom politics going on here. The elders knew that if they were to overcome the offense of the past, they needed to sweeten the pot enough to give Jephthah something he really wanted. If Jephthah would agree, then he would be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, If you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon, and the Lord delivers them to me, Shall I be your head? I don't think Jephthah trusted these guys very much. First, he brings God into the picture. If he defeated the Ammonites, then it would be the Lord who delivered them into his hand. After the war was over, would they accept that God had chosen him to be their ruler? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord will be a witness between us. If we do not do according to your words. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and commander over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. The elders made an oath before the Lord that Jephthah would be their ruler. And Jephthah worked out the details of the agreement while the elders were in the most vulnerable position. As I said, Jephthah was a shrewd negotiator. When he arrived, he spoke all these words before the Lord in Mizpah so that the Lord would witness their agreement. Now, Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon, saying, What do you have against me that you have come to fight against me in my land? Jephthah now negotiates with the king of Ammon. As you will recall, Ammon and Moab were the two sons of Lot. When the children of Israel entered the promised land, God forbade them from taking any land of the Ammonites or Moabites, for God had given it as an inheritance to the descendants of Lot. Even though Jephthah was the leader of a gang of raiders, he was not a hothead. Knowing that much blood is shed in any war, Jephthah seeks to exhaust all avenues of diplomacy before engaging in warfare. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And the king of the people of Ammon answered the messengers of Jephthah, Because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok and to the Jordan. Now therefore restore those lands peaceably. This simply was untrue. 
Israel never took any land from Ammon. So Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon and said to him, Thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the people of Ammon. For when Israel came up from Egypt, they walked through the wilderness as far as the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let me pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not heed. And in like manner, they sent to the king of Moab, but he would not consent. So Israel remained in Kadesh, and they went along the wilderness and bypassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab, came to the east side of the land of Moab, and encamped on the other side of the Arnon. But they did not enter the border of Moab, for the Arnon was the border of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, king of Heshbon. And Israel said to him, Please let us pass through your land into our place. But Sihon did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. So Sihon gathered all his people together, encamped in Jahaz, and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they defeated them. Thus Israel gained possession of all the land of the Amorites who inhabited that country. They took possession of all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon to the Jabbok and from the wilderness to the Jordan. Jephthah wasn't only a warrior, he was a student of history. He gives the king of Ammon a history lesson, making the following points. Number one. They never took any land either belonging to Ammon or Moab. Number two, they sent messengers to King Sihon of the Amorites to see if they could peaceably pass through his land, but he wouldn't let them. Instead, he gathered his people to go to war against Israel. Point three, the Lord delivered Sihon into their hands so that they gained possession of the land of the Amorites. They were not the aggressors in this conflict. Rather, in seeking to defend themselves, God gave them victory over Sion and his land as their inheritance. Verse 23. And now the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. Should you then possess it? Will you not possess whatever Chemosh your God gives you to possess? So whatever the Lord our God takes possession of before us, we will possess. Jephthah's next two points are, number four, do you think that you have the right to possess land that was never yours? And number five, we are content in what Yahweh is giving to us. Why aren't you content with what your God, Chemosh, is giving to you? In bringing up their respective gods, Jephthah shows that God is sovereign in determining the boundaries of nations. The king of Ammon should have been content with this. And now, are you any better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel? Did he ever fight against them while Israel dwelt in Heshbon and its villages in Aurora and its villages and in all the cities along the banks of the Arnon for 300 years? Why did you not recover them within that time? Jephthah's last point is, you've had 300 years to possess the land. Why have you waited until now? 
Verse 27, therefore, I have not sinned against you, but you wronged me by fighting against me. May the Lord, the judge, render judgment this day between the children of Israel and the people of Ammon. Jephthah concludes his argument by appealing to Yahweh as the judge to render a fair judgment between them. However, the king of the people of Ammon did not heed the words which Jephthah sent him. Even though Jephthah began as an illegitimate son who was despised by his people, he was a mighty man of valor, a history student, and a wise negotiator. It turns out that even though he was a raider, he was also a good leader who has taken his place forever in the faith hall of fame. So let this be an encouragement to you that regardless of your family background or the mistakes you may have made in your past, God can use you. He is looking for people who will simply offer themselves to him and trust in him with all their hearts. He will do the rest. The Apostle Paul also had a checkered past, but he wrote to the Corinthians, By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Let us not measure ourselves by the labels society gives us, nor by what we think of ourselves, but let us consider who we may become by the grace of God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where Jephthah defeats the Ammonites and carries out his tragic vow to the Lord regarding his daughter. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible